I always look forward to this time in the week because we get to visit with our friend Jamie Court. It's spelled C-O-U-R-T. He's the president of Consumer Watchdog, and they do go to court for consumers. But Consumer Watchdog does a whole lot for consumers. So check them at consumerwatchdog.org. Jamie Court is the president. He's been part of our team virtually since the beginning. Jamie, thanks for coming back, as always, on the Norman Goldman Show. It's always my pleasure, Norm. Well, Jamie, we talk consumer protection, and today we've got a topic that is very important and totally being ignored because of all the all else that's going on. So let's talk about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. When last we checked in, it was being run by Mick Mulvaney, who was also the Office of Management and Budget Director, and he was doing a very nice job of destroying the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Well, the law requires that there be a replacement person, and now Donald Trump has nominated a woman named Kathy Craninger. Now, Kathy Craninger is uh, just a few days ago announced by the Trump University administration to be the new nominee for head of uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The problem is she has no background in consumer issues, but she is a very close associate of Mick Mulvaney. So it looks like a puppet is going to be put into the office as head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau just to wreck it further. I suspect the Republicans in the Senate will confirm her. So, Jamie, this brings up the issue of state attorneys general stepping into the void county district attorneys and their role in consumer protection great groups like for example common cause public citizen even consumer watchdog groups that look out and advocate for the public jamie how do we fight back when the consumer financial protection bureau is dead i mean i don't want to just give up but it clearly is dead i mean we can revive it when we get a real president what layers of government what layers of society what private sector nonprofit remedies i mean aren't there other checks and balances built into this system so if the feds check out for a while there are others that can step in well there are i mean we certainly can bring uh, private, private rights and enforcement when we know something's wrong. Uh, states' attorney generals and district attorneys are even more in a position to do this because they generally have powers to go after wrongdoers, even if they don't have a client. Um, you have to find a client, generally. If you're a group like ours who's been injured, lost money or property to do a scam, the district attorneys, the attorney generals don't necessarily need to do that. But i got to say... What was lost was a real opportunity, you know, to change the laws through the CFPB to make it easier for the private right of enforcement. We, for instance, had a rule by the CFPB that's been struck down that would have uh, alleviated forced mandatory arbitrations and mortgage contracts and other home dealings and, uh, and financial dealings. And, and the problem is, Someone just called me with a, a great case against a telecommunication company the other day. They said, can you bring it? And, and I said, well, the problem is there's an arbitration contract. So I can bring it on behalf of one individual for a pretty small amount of money. But because it's forced arbitration, the Supreme Court of the United States has said, well, there is no class action. And you can't arbitrate on a class-wide basis. So there's no case. And without government, I think the private right of enforcement has been neutered. As a public interest group, when something goes wrong with government, we can file a written, we can force government to do something they're not doing. When private corporations screw up, it's catch as catch can. If the case involves a threat 
to, you know, environmental health or public health, yes, we can get in. If the case involves a large dollar uh, injury to consumers, let's say people who aren't getting paid for cancer treatment on health insurance, yeah, maybe we can get in and health insurance in the province of the state. But a lot of what the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau did was financial issues. It came out of the you, the financial crisis. It was part of a, a Dodd-Frank. It was there to be what wasn't there through private right of enforcement during the great financial crisis and to keep the con men honest and to keep the companies honest, the, the banks and the credit card companies and Without the CFPB, because of mandatory arbitration, it is very hard for public interest groups, for private attorneys, to actually do what the CFPB was charged to do. Yes, we have more layers of government that can sometimes do those cases, but they have to be willing, they have to be creative, and they have to be willing to buck Fortune 500 corporations. They're not always willing to do that. So I'd say it's a mixed bag, and 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 I, 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 this is a real loss. Don't 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 mistake that, uh, Norm. We have a real loss with what's happened to the CFPB. Well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that that you know the the state attorney generals would have to be you know willing to take on these companies. They also need the budgets from the state legislatures, which they don't often get. And let's remember, there are many states like Oklahoma where Scott Pruitt now now the head of the EPA, he was the attorney general of Oklahoma, and he was notoriously pro-business and not anti-business on behalf of consumers taking an adversarial stance. Uh, So, Jamie, I I understand we've got real damage being done here, and these are financial crimes uh, that the CFPB was really going after. And that loss, the loss of the, the consumer class actions and the arbitration, I think, can't be overstated. But, Jamie, there's still a role for class actions, right? It's when people don't have a contract, right? For example, if somebody buys an over-the-counter medication, let's say there's a bad run of some over-the-counter medication, right? There's no contract there, so there's no arbitration clause, so you can still do a class action under some circumstances. It's only when there's a a contract, right, like with a cell phone company or credit card through a bank, right? These tend to be uh, under the jurisdiction of CFPB, that's what's the tragedy, is the types of financial and telecom crimes, credit, involving credit, involving home, involving uh, banking, that was really the purview of the CFPB. And with it gone, those are the types, you know, cases that involve arbitration contracts because they usually involve uh, someone with a bank account, someone with a mortgage account, someone who with a... um, you know, with a credit card account, we've all signed an arbitration clause. We're talking to our friend Jamie Court. If you don't know this voice, by all means, please check consumerwatchdog.org. And even if you do know this voice, you got to check out Jamie Court and all of his great colleagues at consumerwatchdog.org. You'll see they are on top of issues. And one of the reasons I love Consumer Watchdog so much is they really do apply one standard to all even-handedly, going after Democrats and Republicans alike. No bias. Just work with the facts, live with the truth. And Jamie, it's interesting, you know, we see very, very rarely 
county district attorneys bring consumer protection actions. Mm -hmm. You know, a little more often, but still rarely do we see state attorney generals bring consumer protection actions. I mean, it's really kind of a personality by personality thing. In states like New York and California, you might have a more active consumer protection unit in the state attorney general's uh, office. But this is, to me, kind of where the class action attorneys and groups like Consumer Watchdog come in. Because with the ability to bring class actions, uh, even in arbitration, and my you know career kind of ended in this class class action area, my legal career, and I did a, a statewide California class action in an arbitration, which was really weird. But we agreed on a three judge, three retired judges, and they they were the panel that ran the the statewide class action in an arbitration. This was before we finally lost the last battle. This is some years ago. We we're in a process of losing. But Jamie, I just I, I just want to make sure we all understand what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. If, if a bank charges 12 million customers a junk fee of $2 a month on their checking account, or if a credit card company through a bank charges some ridiculous fee and reaps millions and millions of dollars, or the, the payday lenders go wild, right? So many different ways consumers can be harmed. When there is this contract that has this arbitration, not only can't people band together, but they can't band together in a class action in court. They can't band together in a class action in arbitration. They are alone, utterly alone, and very often, if not almost all the time, they're alone in an arbitration where the amount of money is very, very modest, so very few people do it, and the arbitrator is usually picked by the company that's being sued, and that's why they win all the time. Jamie, I'm not sure people understand just how rigged and fixed this system is. It is, and it, you know we're coming up on the Fourth of July, and I always uh, did this in one of my books. I think corporate hearing. I looked at the Fourth of July and the Declaration of Independence, and looked at the, the the grievances we had against King George to declare independence from England. And guess right to trial was right up there, baby, and that's why it became the Seventh Amendment of the Constitution. We have a right to trial, but that's been abrogated by the King Corporation. We, 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 we sign away our Seventh Amendment right to trial in order to have a credit card or a cell phone or a home phone. Some contexts, real estate, it may be less likely or regulated by the state, but generally this becomes so common in our life. And, you know, there was one study years ago that showed that the credit card companies won 99.9% of their arbitration because all the arbitrators were repeat customers for the uh, credit card company. So... You know, things are not good uh, in, in in a world where we cannot avail ourselves of our Seventh Amendment right, where we can't go to the last place that you can still take on the rich and powerful if you're an average person, which is the court system, the judiciary. Yes, you can do it uh, in many cases for, um, you know, a very small amount of money, uh, but it's a collective insult when we all lose you know, $5 for a company that insures, you know, 10 million people, and we can't file a class action against them to recover our collective $500 million losses. That's what a class action means, is you can band together for power. That's what's been lost. And arbitration, getting to go to a jury, getting to go to a court, 
getting to go to a courthouse also creates a public record that is a narrow arbitration so that it probably doesn't happen again to someone else. It deters other people from going. So the last bastion, really, of enforcement is, you hit it on the head, Norm, the DAs, the district attorneys, the city attorneys, they are the AGs, but they are not as ambitious as they should be in the kind of cases they prosecute, even though they have very good laws they can use for nuisance and environmental hazard for worker safety and the occupational safety hazard for consumer protection. But they are often politicians who seek higher office and don't want to step on the wrong toes or they might not get reelected. So it's a lot of pitfalls in the system. And, and, and we have to, with our next 2020 presidential election, our vision for 2020 has to be restoring the Seventh Amendment right to jury trials. And I'd like to see a, a Democratic candidate, whoever that be, or a Republican candidate, whoever that might be, take that on as a platform. I think it'd be great. And Jamie, you know, constitutional rights can indeed be waived. And this is the problem here. People waive their constitutional rights all the time in court, in plea bargains. And so this is the problem. The Supreme Court has come up with this legal fiction that there's an actual real contract. And it's not a joke as between AT&T and somebody who's got a cell phone with AT&T. The Supreme Court has adhered to this ridiculous fiction that there's an actual contract here. And there was actual assent to giving up your right to a jury trial or right to, to access to court. And so until we replace the politicians who pick the judges, the court system is going to be uh, not an avenue. But we can change the law by changing the Federal Arbitration Act. That would take uh, majorities in both houses of Congress, busting a filibuster in the Senate and getting a president to sign it. But uh, it, Jamie, I got to leave it there. I, I just I find it fascinating uh, that your, your observation about uh, politicians being district attorneys and state attorney generals uh, and, and how they don't want to go after the moneyed interest. It's also there's an incentive to go in the other direction because it's much more pleasing to the public when you catch murderers and rapists, and, you know, because the public wants that. And so they're not quite as, as thrilled as when they hear the DA going after, you know, some uh, somebody rigging car accidents or something. So there's kind of a natural incentive to go after violent crime, gang crime, because the public wants that. And there's nothing wrong with the public wanting that. But it often squeezes the priorities of the politicians who well, are these local. Is, but corporate crime is a real epidemic in America. And the politicians in those district attorney's offices that wind up going after it do make a name for themselves and rise to the top very quickly. That's the flip side. Take some risk if you're one of those people and there will be big reward. Jamie, I hope you're right. I got to leave it there. The time is against us. But I hope you find our friend Jamie Court online. You can find C-O-U-R-T. It's Jamie Court, like going to court. Find him online at consumerwatchdog.org, and you'll find Jamie Court is the president at consumerwatchdog.org. But he's got lots of great colleagues there. So check him out at consumerwatchdog.org. As we can tell, we need Consumer Watchdog now more than ever. Jamie, thanks as always, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, great talking to you, Norm. Thank you so much.